Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Hailing from the Caribbean island, St. Lucia, West Indian poet Derek Walcott wrote an elegy to his mother known as Teacher Alex, evoking sardines with pepper sauce, crescent melons, the blue hills in late afternoon. In the bells of tree frogs with their steady clamor, in the indigo dark before dawn, the fading morse of fireflies and crickets, then light on the beetle's armor. Your melody faltered, he says, but never your faith in the bounty which is his word. My business and duty, he concludes, the lesson you taught your sons is to write of the light's bounty on familiar things. I first learned this lesson in the AIDS years when suddenly we had so little time to get it right. And I have had to relearn it over and over. A good life is not lived from fireworks to fireworks. It is lived, said Swiss-American psychiatrist, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, by paying attention to the ordinary and by stringing the small, precious moments like pearls on a strand of silk. Warrior and peacemaker Chief Crowfoot who led the Sasika First Nation asked, what is life? Is it the flash of a firefly in the night? Yes. Yes, it is the breath of a buffalo in wintertime. It is the little shadow that runs across the grass and loses itself in the sunset. We can make our own list. Name the pearls. A beautiful piece of music or the sound of a freshly stamped birthday card when it drops into the mailbox. Your breath catching as the cold air fills your lungs and reddens your cheeks, the smell of mulled cider, sunrise in spite of everything. Attend to the light's bounty on familiar things. In her book, High Tide at Tucson, American novelist Barbara Kingsolver writes, in my life, I've had frightening losses and unfathomable gifts. A car that spontaneously caught fire while I was driving it, sunrise in the rainforest, the end of a marriage followed by a year in which I could barely understand how to keep living a stupendous column 
of blue butterflies rising from a Greek monastery. Every one of us is called upon, she writes, probably many times, to start a new life. At first, it's impossible to think how this will be possible. Eventually, what moves it all forward is the subterranean ebb and flow of being alive among the living. In my own worst season, she concludes, I've come back from the colorless world of despair by forcing myself to look hard for a long time at a single thing, a flame of red geranium in my bedroom window, my daughter in a yellow dress, the perfect outline of a full dark sphere behind the crescent moon until I learn to be in love with life again. I have taught myself joy over and over. Persian Sufi mystic Rumi asks, when you go to a garden, do you look at the thorns or the flowers? Spend more time, he advises, with roses and jasmine. Attend to the light's bounty on familiar things. Years ago, when my friend Maria's youngest sister was all but immobilized in the grip of a deep depression, Maria brought her to come live with her. I watched her midwife her sister back to health, bringing her out into the garden to tend to small sections at a time, edging and weeding just this rosebush, just this row of carrots. During frequent rest breaks, Maria served iced tea with fresh lemon and mint, small thin slices of fruit, half a rice cake with a little almond butter not too much so as to overwhelm, but just enough to tempt her sister back to health. And then they would wash and dry those few dishes and put them away together. Slowly but surely, once again, her sister's world was re-enchanted by the healing power of the light's bounty unfamiliar things. Roske is a professor of English at Indiana and Drew Universities, author of four books of poetry and founding board member of the Bloomington Community Orchard, which he describes as a nonprofit free fruit for all justice and joy project. Two of his poems are featured in the anthology African American Poetry, 250 Years of Struggle and Song. In his The Book of Delights, Roske writes, it astonishes me sometimes, no often, how every person I get to know, everyone, regardless of everything, and I mean everything, lives with some profound personal sorrow. 
But sometimes, he says, sometimes something wonderful breaks through our feelings of sorrow and loss. If only for a moment, we feel a sense of delight, even joy. Roske created a way to remember delight and to build what he calls his delight muscle. Every day, he creates a short piece on one delight, drafting them quickly, writing by hand. This, he says, is a discipline for me, a spiritual practice. Spend time thinking and writing about delight every day. And what did he learn? The more you study delight, he writes, the more delight there is to study. Which is to say, I feel my life to be more full of delight, not without fear or pain or loss or sorrow, but more full of delight. I also learned this year that my delight grows much like love and joy when I share it. Here's one of those sketches. This might be my favorite. It's titled, Tomato on Board. What you don't know until you carry a tomato seedling through the airport and onto a plane is that it will make people smile at you almost like you're carrying a baby, a quiet baby. I didn't know this until today carrying my little tomato about three inches high in its four-inch plastic starter pot, which my friend Michael gave to me, smirking about how I was going to get it home. I slid the thing into my bag while going through security, which made them pull my bag for inspection. When the security guy saw it was a tomato, he smiled and said, I don't know how to check that. Have a good day. But I quickly realized that one of its stems, I almost said arms, was broken from the jostling and it only had four of them. So I decided I'd better just carry it out in the open. And the shower of love began. Before boarding my flight, one of the workers said, nice tomato, <laughs> which I didn't think was a pickup line. And the flight attendant asked about the tomato more than once, every time calling it my tomato, Where's my tomato? How's my tomato? She even directed me to an open seat in the exit row. Why don't you guys go sit there and stretch out? I gathered my things and I set the little guy in the window so she could look out. Uh, when I got water, I poured some into the little guy's soil. When it got bumpy, I put my hand on the little guy's container careful not to snap off another arm. And when we landed and the pilot put the brakes on hard, my arm reflexively went out across the seat, holding the little guy in place the way my dad's arm would when he had to brake like that in the car, that car without seatbelts, in one of my very favorite gestures in the Encyclopedia of Human Gestures. The light's bounty on familiar things. Many years ago, when our youngest daughters were very small, I wanted to recreate a beloved Christmas tradition from them that my grandfather had given to me. As they watched Sesame Street, I crept around the house, 
and put electric candles in each of the windows. When I had finished, I picked them up, one in each arm, closed your eyes for surprise, no peeking, and carried them out into the moonless, frosty night. I faced the house. Count with me now. One, two, three, now open. Oh, mommy, said Jamie. It's so beautiful. And Jesse, the baby, laughed with delight. Late that night, long after I'd tucked them in, I sat in a rocking chair illuminated only by electric candlelight. I thought of the years, so many Christmas times, when my grandfather had led me out of the house. Close your eyes for a surprise. No peeking and counted to three. Now open. It was always a surprise, all over again. It never got old. And now I had taken up that strand of pearls once again and added one more. My children never met him, but they knew him. They know him in the light's bounty on familiar things. Beloved spiritual companions, may we spend time every day thinking about delight, stringing small, precious moments like pearls on a strand of silk. Let us teach ourselves joy over and over, and may the shower of love begin. So may we re-enchant the world with the healing power of the light's bounty on familiar things. Close your eyes for a surprise. Now open. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. These are the words of W.E.B. Du Bois, co-founder of the NAACP and the first African-American to earn a doctorate from Harvard. He says, the prayer of our souls is a petition for persistence, not for the one good deed or single thought, but deed upon deed and thought upon thought until day calling unto day shall make a life worth living. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen.
Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.